G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Princess Diana, I've got an exclusive of her. She uh, was visiting a children's home in uh, Sydney and as uh, Princess Diana came out into the sandpit with the children, a little girl put her arms up and Princess Diana picked her up and put her on her shoulder. They've now got a poster-sized copy of that photo. The The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, once again, award-winning Christian photographer Raymond Williams is with us to share more about his amazing life journey. He's photographed everyone from Cliff Richards to Princess Diana and has taken photos at historically significant events like the 1968 Billy Graham Crusade and Cyclone Tracy in Darwin in 1974. Once again, Raymond joins us via the telephone from his home in Sydney and is having a chat with Eric Scatterbo. Raymond, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate being here. Glad to have you on once again. And last time we were hearing your life story, how you gave up all your photography equipment to serve the Lord more. But then, as we heard, the Lord worked in your life and kind of brought photography back into it as you then went to the Billy Graham crusade in 1968 and took some photos. When I was challenged to take it back up again, I seemed to say to the Lord, look, this had been a God that I gave up for you. And the response seemed to be, no, it was a rod like Moses. I asked you to lay it down. Now I'm asking you to pick it up and use it, and I'm going to bless it. And certainly the Lord has. There have been many things that have happened since then that I can see the Lord's hand in it all. Hmm. Isn't that interesting how God can sometimes have us give up something that we really, really like, and maybe it's becoming a God to us, but maybe just for a season for you to get some maturity and some growth, and then at another point he'll introduce it back into your life. Is that kind of what happened? That's very true. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of the most outstanding examples of this was Cyclone Tracy. Mm-hmm. happened uh, Christmas Day, 1974. Um, my wife's brother was in charge of the Reddit Dixon home in Darwin. We had one of his daughters with us for Christmas, And she came in saying, Uncle Ray, I can't phone Dad. Can't find out what's happening up there. Something about a cyclone. So I tried phoning and couldn't get through. And eventually the story was coming through in the media. A cyclone Tracy had hit Darwin on December 25, 1974. So Boxing Day, I phoned around the religious media, which had been formed that year, Look, is it all right if I go to Darwin and say I represent the religious media and let's find out what's happened to the churches and the children's homes and things? And, oh, yeah, go right ahead. So I found the Air Force. I found the uh, RAF headquarters out at Richmond Air Base and said, any uh, way of getting into Darwin, religious media, want to photograph and report it? I said, oh, yes, we've got a Hercules tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock at the airport. 
uh, come on out and by the way, your clothing, your food, everything has to fit in your camera case because we don't have room on the plane. Oh, wow. I picked the biggest camera case I could find. <laughs> smart, smart. Loaded that up with uh, bottles of water and uh, my gear and cameras around the neck. Got out there, got up to Darwin and walked in on the uh, brother-in-law. He's more or less in shock. Um, mm. I stayed with them. And uh, he learned me a, a, a car that I could go around and find out what had happened to all the churches. That was as soon as I got there. And then after I'd phoned through to 2CH in Sydney, a radio station, I gave a report on what had happened to every church in Darwin, which they used on the Sunday. Also, a lady from our church, um, Betty, she was with Red Cross. And so I went looking for Betty and found Betty and uh, the Red Cross activities and so on taking place. So, who's photographing your work? She said, well, no one. So I said, look, is it okay if I uh, spend the day with you folk and photograph what Red Cross is doing? Today, they are the only photos the Red Cross have of their activities following cyclone tracing. Wow. The camera case itself, by the way, is in the National Museum in Canberra. And they're right? going to use that uh, in a big project on cyclone tracing. Well, I mean, a lot of times these events happen, but nobody thinks, oh, we should probably record them for historical purposes. But you did that. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And um, other cyclones followed after that, but nothing like cyclone tracing. Um, there was a twin cyclone, two cyclones hit uh, Fiji, um, 1985, I think it was, and uh, a news journalist in 2CH in Sydney, Len London, uh, some folk may remember that name, uh, he saw me in the street in Sydney and said, well, you're religious media, are you covering the cyclone in Fiji? I said, well, I hadn't thought of that. So I went up to Fiji, stayed in a motel, and made contact with church leaders up there and found out what had happened to all their churches. And uh, then followed Solomon Islands. Solomon Islands, I nearly fell out the back of a plane. Oh, wow. What happened? Uh, the Air Force took me up in uh, Carabao, and um, they were dropping out all these relief supplies out the back. I was standing in the middle of the plane, photographing everything going out, and suddenly the pilot decided to climb. <laughs> But he hadn't told me, and I was the only one not strapped in. I only went out the back of the plane. <laughs> you almost so I, went I out with the, the supplies. I grabbed the side very smartly, believe me. Um, then there was Vanuatu and Cyclone uh, Larry up in North Queensland. I went up there and photographed what happened to all the churches there. Wow, I think uh, I'm really impressed that good photos don't come to you. You have to find them. I mean, you have to be on your front foot and looking for innovative ways to take these photos and be in the right place at the right time. Is that kind of the key to it? You've got to be sensitive to what's happening around you, mm -hmm. uh, even with the minor details. One outstanding photo that I have, uh, Cyclone Tracy, as I came to the uh, airport to leave the place, there was a Salvation Army commissioner, Margaret Warren, at the airport and she was consoling a, a crying baby in her arms a uh, young fellow could have been about 12 months I suppose something like that mm. 
And he was crying his eyes out, and here she is saying, it's all right, it's all right. It's a beautiful photo. Because, mm. I mean, nobody gave you a job description and trained you in this. You pretty much made this position up as you were going, it sounds like. I put it out to the Lord. I blame him for it all. Because <laughs> who would have thought of a religious photographer doing tragedies or cyclones? Yeah, exactly. And, of course, there was the big national gathering in Canberra in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30,000, 40,000 Christians surrounded um, Parliament House, a new Parliament House. And Bob Hawke, the Prime Minister, said, no, we're not going to have any prayers for the opening of Parliament House. And uh, 40,000 Christians said, that's what you think. <laughs> they uh, they came along two days ahead of the official opening and uh, surrounded the place and um, prayed for it, and prayed for the... Um, the leaders prayed for policies that will be attended there. And Aboriginal folk uh, led some of the uh, worship services. And uh, Mel Garvin was there in coordinating things with Fusion and Awakening. Uh, at that time, I was the USA Radio Network Australian correspondent. So I'd phone reports back to America, which they used on their radio network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was only given 25 seconds. So oh. I went back to the motel. I reported 40,000 surrounding Parliament House, and prayer meetings taking place. It's going to be on all night, etc. We can't use that. Why? You went 27 seconds. <laughs> so we'll phone you again in 10 minutes and you can do it again. So I did that. Mel Garvin had more media feedback from America than he had from Australia. Hmm. In uh, 1988, the media weren't working in Canberra on the weekend. There was only one camera crew there, whereas my report went to every state in America, and there were Australians over there who heard it, mm-hmm. and they reported, uh, contacted uh, Mal Garvin and said what a great project the whole thing was. Hmm. Now, one of the great things about media, when it's done right, is that the Lord can be doing something, working in someone's life or in society, but, you know, a lot of people won't know about it other than the people who are involved. But the great thing is, people like you and your photography and also getting the stories out, that you can kind of shine a spotlight on how God is working in people's lives. That's the whole aim of the work, helping others, telling others what others are doing for the Lord. That's my motto. And there's quite a lot that people don't know about. And if they don't know, they can't support or encourage. Right. And so if I can get that support and encouragement for others in what they're doing for the Lord, it, it doesn't attract a lot of people to support my work because you're not saving souls, you're not feeding children, you're not doing Mm -hmm. this, you're not doing that. You're helping others who should pay. How could you ask for anyone from Cyclone Tracy to pay for a coverage? Exactly. No way. You're listening to The Story. Today, award-winning Christian photographer Raymond Williams is once again sharing about his remarkable life journey. Next, we'll hear about some of the challenges that he and his wife have had living by faith and how the Lord has always provided for their needs. That and more when we return. The Story.
If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with award-winning Christian photographer Raymond Williams, reflecting over his incredible life journey. Amazingly, he has done all of his photography work for the Lord by faith. That is, trusting that the Lord would provide for all of his family's needs. So this raises the question, you're doing this wonderful work, but how did you, in practical terms, survive? How did you pay the rent, etc.? I don't look as if I've starved, put it that way. Okay. But certainly we've had our challenges. The whole thing started, um, Major Len Moles gave a, a talk at a uh, Christian convention in Sydney, and uh, he said, uh, you say you're committed to the Lord, how committed are you? Why don't you empty everything out of your pockets and put it into the missionary giving, which I did. And then uh, a friend came up and said, look, uh, you've got a car. Could you drive me up to uh, Nora Head, I think it was, tomorrow Sunday for a, um uh, outdoor Sunday school? So, oh, yeah, I can do that. So on the way up there um, was the Hawkesbury Bridge, which in those days used to have a toll. And as I was coming down to the bridge, um, it seemed as if on one shoulder someone saying, uh, why don't you give a little hint that you don't have any money and the toll's coming up. And on the other shoulder was a, a little thought of, trust me, hmm. trust me. And as we got down onto the um, Hawkesbury Bridge, there's a rise in the middle. So as I went over the rise, there were no toll gates. And I mentioned to uh, the friend who asked me to come with him, where are the toll gates? He said, oh, they took them off last week. <laughs> that was my first experience of living by faith. Another one was uh, a Christmas day after we'd come home from Indonesia. And uh, some nurses um, phoned up and said, look, can we come down for Christmas day? I said, yes, I'll come and pick you up from the hospital and bring you to the house. What I didn't tell them was we had no food in the house, mm. not a thing. And that night, 10 o'clock, a knock on the door and someone with a cardboard box and they said, look, we've decided to go on holidays. Could you use this uh, chicken and ice cream and oh, treats wow. and things? I said, oh, I suppose we could, but thank you very much for them anyway. <laughs> So we were able to feed them Christmas lunch. Wow. So you've been living by faith, doing what you know the Lord has led you to do, and trusting that he would provide for you. Yes, exactly. 60 years we've been doing it. And 60 years, other than a few close calls, you've had plenty to eat. We've seen the Lord provide. We've seen periods where you question, why haven't you supplied? And then suddenly... Um, there's a change in events that shows the Lord still is in control. He promised, uh, my God shall supply all your needs. And it may not be what I want, but it's what I need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about you're going to different tragedies, uh, weather-related, like cyclones, and then also covering religious events, like 
Crusades of Billy Graham and also the gathering in Canberra. What other type of things did you photograph? Every royal visit to St. Andrew's Cathedral since 1973, I have photographed the, uh, the arrival of uh, Her Majesty, uh, Princess Diana, mm-hmm. uh, William and Kate, for the cathedral and for the Anglican Church. And uh, it was a case of uh, reporting here, this is what happened, um, the royal family went to church. Princess Diana, I've got an exclusive of her. She oh, yeah. uh, was visiting a children's home in uh, Sydney, and uh, she had word that um, my husband and a bit late getting back to the airport, so would she like to go to the airport to wait or stay with the children? She said, oh, I'll stay here with the children. So... All the other media pack, they got on their bus and they went to the airport. One other photographer and myself, we stayed behind. And as uh, Princess Diana came out into the sandpit with the children and the uh, authorities, a little girl put her arms up and Princess Diana picked her up and put her on her shoulder. They've now got a poster-sized photo, a copy of that photo. Oh, wow. It was a beautiful one. A little girl with a head resting down on Princess Diana's shoulder. Well, once again, being in the right place at the right time. That sums it up beautifully. Yeah. But as we said earlier, these photographic moments don't come looking for you. You have to go find them. You have to be aggressive. Yeah. Be ready. Have that camera ready. Okay, some other notable people who you photographed. Uh, I understand uh, people in the entertainment industry like Pat Boone and others, Keith Green, Andre Crouch. Can you tell us about some of those? With them, uh, they were um, guests from overseas, and although I'm not into music, I I am into photography. Mm -hmm. So uh, I photographed Cliff Richard quite a few times Mm -hmm. and spoke to him. Um, Colin Buchanan, when he first started out, I asked him, did he want to be another uh, Cliff Richard? He said, oh, no. He said, I'm Australian. I've got my own way of doing things. So Colin Buchanan has gone on to great things, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some of the others there, I photographed them and made sure that they had photos they could take away with them, such as um, the Opera House in the background and that side oh, of yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah and uh, both colour and black and white. Now, of course, when these um, famous people pass away, I've got the photos to uh, give a tribute to them. Okay, well, you have certainly had an eventful life. Uh, Let's kind of step back and look at the overall story of your life. What are some of the lessons that people can learn from all of your experiences being a Christian photographer? I would say that... It's a case of be sensitive, be mm-hmm. sensitive to uh, situation, be sensitive to other people needing attention, and don't get in the way. Mm. Uh, step back, let other people carry on with their activities and so forth, but at the same time, look for that expression, look for that sign, look for that angle, maybe a, a low angle, maybe a high angle. Mm-hmm that's going to be the best layout for the photo. Be sensitive and be courteous. And then also, spiritually, do you feel that the Lord has led you in every step of the way in in your career? 
There's no doubt about that. Looking back, even as I've been speaking to you, I've been aware of how the Lord has certainly led all those different steps. There have been the um, break-in. There's been the stealing of cameras out of camera cases. There's mm. been the replacements come from unexpected sources. Uh, when we were coming home from Indonesia, all of our fares and so forth, they were all paid by other Indonesians or by missionaries. Not a cent came from Australia. Oh, wow. Uh, we were told that, uh, okay, you're coming home, you've got triplets, you've got uh, 12 bags, I think it was. Um, there's your life savings. And you're coming home in three days. We don't have any fares towards your... Uh, air tickets and just then one of the uh, american hospital folk came in said look you've been passing a whole sack of stuff on to me i'd like to pay for it how much do i owe you i said oh ten dollars he said oh, i thought you'd say that so here's the check i've already made out for a hundred dollars he said oh by the way how's your uh, air ticket going i said well before you handed that i needed a hundred dollars oh wow now we've got our tickets and we can go home Wow, $100 for tickets. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as you've been saying, the Lord has supplied all your needs, and not all your wants, but all your needs over the years. And any final comments reflecting back on your life story? It is interesting. Uh, I won't say tough. It's interesting to see how the Lord provides. And he does provide. But I would not convince anyone else to step out in faith. Make sure it's what the Lord wants mm -hmm. you to do. If he has called you to do something, it may be um, simply go and mow somebody's lawn for them. Mm -hmm. Even that can be done as under the Lord. You don't have to be financially giving all the time. Whatever the Lord wants, do it. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention that you've received several awards. Can you briefly share with us about some of those? Well, in 1987, I was given the Gutenberg Award by the religious media. First time it had been given to an individual instead of a publication. And I think it was 2013, there was a citation given to me for services to the media. Fred Nile and his uh, citizens worthy of awards. He uh, gave me the media award at one time. Uh, during the uh, 2000 Olympics, I received an award from, uh, I think it was more than gold for services rendered, etc., etc. And uh, I was even uh, made aware this year that I was nominated for Australian of the Year. Oh, wow. And it sounds like you enjoyed all this as well. I mean, that's kind of a bonus. <laughs> it's all unexpected, and I give the Lord all the glory, believe me. Fantastic. Raymond Williams, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Eric. Well, that was the conclusion of our two-part conversation with award-winning Christian photographer Raymond Williams. And once again, what an eventful life he has had. I love the one-sentence description of his photography ministry that he shared earlier, telling others what others are doing for the Lord. So simple, but yet so profound. And I don't know about you, but I love to hear what others are doing for the Lord and learning how the Lord is working in people's lives. Well, if you want to learn more about Raymond's life journey and perhaps see some of his photos, 
I'm happy to report that a documentary is being made. You can get more information on that on a special Facebook page that has been created. Just look up Raymond Williams, A Look Through the Lens. Once again, just look up Facebook page Raymond Williams, A Look Through the Lens. Well, thanks for joining us once again for Raymond's Life Journey. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. In February 2012, Orand was diagnosed with stage 4 with colon cancer, which had metastasized to his liver and his lungs. So that was a huge shock for us. It's not something we ever thought we'd ever have to deal with or ever have in our lives. And the biggest shock to us was that the doctors actually said he had had it for about five years already. Angela Engelbrecht is originally from the UK and married her husband in South Africa. She was interviewed by Karen Hunt shortly after they moved to Australia for treatment for her husband's cancer. We'll hear Angela's challenging journey next time. The Story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.